Good morning, Center Point. You guys can go ahead and have a seat real quick. Um, today we have the special privilege of hearing from Denise Trump. I don't know where she is right now. But um, Denise has been heading up a ministry of Ken Island for several years now. Um, and the ministry is called Love Gives. And what we do is each year we select a family um, that wants to adopt and our church sponsors that family and helps to raise funds for that family. Um, and so Denise is going to, where is she? Does anybody know where to, oh, there you are. <laughs> I didn't even see you, you were hiding. So Denise is gonna come up today and share um, our 2019 family and a little bit about the program and some fundraisers that we have coming up in the next couple months. Good morning. So, um, as she said, I'm Denise Trump. I'm the director of Love Gives Adoption Ministry here at Ken Island. And um, Love Gives is a ministry that partners with families that are in the process of adopting. Um, we have a lot of families in our center point family who have been touched by adoption. And so this is really close to our hearts. Um, and if you haven't been touched by adoption and may not be aware, it's a very expensive process. And a lot of times people have a heart to, you know, bring a child to a forever home, um, but they don't have the funds. So what we like to do is partner with them. Um, we have a very specific selection process that we go through, um, and we ask that they be very involved in their local church, um, that they be doing their own fundraising efforts, that they be um, already approved, they've had their home study done, um, they're well into the process. And so what we do is just come alongside, partner with them, um, do some fundraising to help them complete their adoption, but also um, just to bring awareness to the need um, around the world, actually. Um, the family for this year, um, uh, we're going to introduce you to via video. Um, it's Corey and Amanda Kick, and um, they are adopting a special needs child from South Africa. Um, they've completed one adoption already from South Africa. They have a seven-year-old son, Ben, who is deaf and has cerebral palsy. And they've um, brought him into their home. Um, that'll tell you a little bit, and you'll see Ben in the video. Um, but it's just been awesome to watch them evolve. They're a young family. Um, Corey is a bank teller, and Amanda works in a coffee shop. So they do not have any means of raising $40,000 without God. And they raised $40,000 to get Ben home. Um, in South Africa, the children are placed in um, up for adoption. Um, and they run ads in the newspapers all over the country for 18 months looking for someone in the country to adopt these children. And once they hit that 18-month mark, the children are deemed unwanted. And um, they all have some level of special need. As you can see, it's very close to my heart. Um, but they all have some form of special need, um, ranging from very severe um, disabilities to you know minor things. Um, at that point, then, they're put out uh, available for adoption from other countries. And um, that's how the Kicks got involved. Um, Amanda Kick had done several mission trips to South Africa in her teenage and college years. And she started meeting with these meeting children and families there and, 
and just fell in love with the need. So that's how the kicks ended up with South Africa. So um, Mike, why don't you go ahead and let, let us in, meet them. I think we should have passed out Kleenex before that. <laughs> so um, November's National Adoption Month, so it's a great time we like to kick off in November. And um, I've got these great teammates. Um, there's like five of us that have come together that are going to work on some of these fundraising efforts. But these two ladies are spearheading the first one, so I'll let them. Yeah, I love talking in front of people. <laughs> Um, the first fundraiser we have is our envelope giving, which if you've been with Centerpoint for a while, you're familiar with this. Um, in the back, we have a display of 100 envelopes, and they're labeled $1 up to $100. And you can go and take whatever envelope you want, take as many as you want, and if we get all of these envelopes back, it will raise over $5,000. Um, so... <laughs> Um, they're back there in the back of the room, and they're not in order, so you have to look and pick what you want. And um, when you return them, you can make, if you're writing a check, it should still be made out to Center Point, Ken Island, and then write Love Gives in the memo. Or you can give cash, um, however you want to. Anything is appreciated. And um, there are a few envelopes back there with no money value on them, so if you want to give Beyond $100, feel free to grab those. Whatever you want to do, we appreciate it. Give it back in this envelope. We'll know it's 
We'll know it's love gives, otherwise put it in the memo so that we know how to apply it correctly. Okay? Or you may give online. There's a website. That's right. Webmaster. Uh, right. Uh, there's an online giving, and you can just click there and provide it. There, and there is a category for it, I'm told. So, very good. And, and stay tuned, because in March, we're going to have our rummaged sale, um, also for this charity. So, collect your things. So, yeah, we're partnering with um, Christ Church, has generously given us their facility to have an indoor rummage sale in March. Um, so, we're really thankful to them for offering that to us. And then, um, in two weeks from today... Um, we're going to have our third annual Love Gives Chili Cook-Off. It's right after church, and um, it's a lot of fun. And the, we usually have 10 or 12 different pots of chili bubbling back there. And um, you get to taste all of them and then cast your vote. And it's just a really fun time. Um, we'll have some different things for the kids and um, a bake sale going on. What else are we doing? I guess that's it. Um, so two weeks from today, there's a sign-up in the back. If you would like to enter your chili, please sign up. Um, and it's by the Love Gives table there. So thank you all for joining us to help the kicks. Okay, and now I'm going to have Renee come up real quick. Um, she just has a very quick announcement regarding elementary. Um, she's a crazy lady and has decided to do something above and beyond for Christmas. So I'm going to let her touch on that. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. So this year for the service on December 23rd, the elementary kids are going to be doing a handbell choir. <laughs> Pray for me. Um, so all of the kids will be going home today with a slip that I ask if you could return it next week check whether or not your child will or will not be here for service on the 23rd so that we can assign notes to everyone so it can make practice go a little bit smoother. So coming soon to a church service near you. I told you she was crazy. <laughs> yes, and the kids can be dismissed. They can just follow Miss Renee right out to go. The elementary kids can just follow Miss Renee right out. Um, and I just want to spend a second just welcoming you to Center Point. We are so glad you are here, whether you're returning or whether you're a new guest. We are just so happy that you came and decided to worship with us and fellowship with us today. Um, in your bulletins, if you open up your bulletin, there is a card that looks like this. And this is our connection card. And what we would ask is if you are a new guest, we would ask that you would fill it out with your information. It does not mean that we are going to bombard you with 15 million emails and text messages and call you and stalk you and all that kind of stuff. We just want to get your information because every week we send out a weekly email that includes some um, information about upcoming events and things like that. So that way we can get you plugged in. We have some amazing life groups that are going on right now. Um, that we would love to get you plugged into as well if you're interested. So this is just a good way. So we will collect these with the offering at the end of service. So if you can just take a minute to um, fill those out. Also on the back is the most important part. On the back, if you have any prayer requests, we would love for you to write them down. Even if you, want it to, even if you don't want to put your name on the front. 
please put the prayer request on the back because the elders, we feel very strongly about praying for our church family and we want to be praying with you and for you during the week. So if you have any prayer requests that you would love to share with us, they will go to the elders only and we will be praying over you throughout the week. So anyway, just connection cards. Other than that, all you. All right. Well, hey, how's everybody doing today? Uh, all right. Here's what I like. If you guys take a few moments just to greet each other, give a little hug, a little love, say hi, um, wave, stand up and say hi to somebody in the back real quick. Right. Amen. 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 Well, it's good to see everybody today. Um, I have my jeans on, so that's awesome. That's awesome. If you are not a friend of mine on Facebook, you missed that whole joke. But um, I was reminded how important it is to wear jeans at all times by my wonderful wife. And so thank God for her. Um, we're getting ready to continue our series that we're doing here entitled Hearing the Voice of God, Hearing the Voice of God. If you have been with us for the last few weeks, we've been kind of going through um, this series of Hearing the Voice of God. We've talked about how we hear God uh, through reading His Holy Word, that is the antenna that allows us to pick up the signal that He has for us. We talked about being able to pray that through our prayer life, praying to Him and Him speaking to us, this is how we hear His voice. We talked last week about what was it? Do you guys remember? Oh, good Lord. Circumstances. Great answer. We talked about circumstances, how God speaks to us through our circumstances, through the ups and downs of life that he's trying to get our attention. And so this week we're moving on to um, hearing God through his confirmation, that God confirms, that he speaks to us, that he, he talks to us in ways that speaks to us and lets us know that he checks off on this box of yes, no, or get out of there. He has his way of kind of speaking to us. And so we're going to kind of deal with a scripture and look at that. Um, if you're not, if kind of like, what is this confirmation thing? Confirmation thing is really an example would be, have you ever been in church? Well, in this church, when you've heard my, my hundreds of sermons, and it's like, oh my God, this man is speaking from the Lord. Um, he's pouring down fire from heaven. Um, it's amazing preaching and teaching. And you're sitting there and you're saying to yourself, he is or that person is speaking directly to me at this moment. That somehow God is using this moment to confirm his truth in my life. He's using this moment where he is confirming that I should be moving forward, that I should get out of this situation. Somehow through the speaker, through the worship, through the song, it's something that's just confirming and telling me how to go and how to move on in life. Has anybody ever experienced that before? All right. Amen. Good. And so God confirms and speaks to us in multiple different ways on what he is checking off that's saying, yes, no, maybe so. Um, he's giving us this confirmation. And so I want to share with you guys the essence of hearing God's voice 
through confirmation. I can't give you exactly every single detail because everybody's life is different in specific ways, but I want to give you an overview of what it sounds like when God is doing a confirmation or confirming something in our life. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to ask that you turn to the book of Jeremiah. Um, I believe this scripture will kind of tie in uh, pretty good on how we can catch the overall essence of him confirming in our life. Jeremiah, the 29th chapter. While you're flipping through Jeremiah, the 29th chapter, I'm going to pray for us real quick. Dear God, God of the universe, God of all things powerful and amazing and true, Lord, would you please watch over us? Would you please protect us? Would you please keep us in this moment? Open up our hearts and our ears to receive your word, to receive your truth. That, Father, we'd walk out a more powerful and vibrant life with and in you. Father, we thank you and bless you for these next few moments. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have your Bibles or not, Jeremiah, the 29th chapter, would you please stand with us as we read God's word? Jeremiah, the 29th chapter, starting at verse 10 through 14. This is what the Lord says. You will be in Babylon for 70 years, but then I will come and do for you all the good things I have promised, and I will bring you home again. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I will be found by you, says the Lord. I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes. I will gather you out of the nations where I sent you and will bring you home again to your own land. Amen. You guys can be seated. You can be seated. Giving you background, what's happened is the children of Israel have been, um, they've been bad folks. They haven't been obedient to God. They haven't been listening to his voice. They haven't been surrendering and submitting themselves to him. And so God in his frustration and God in trying to get him, uh, get himself to discipline and to correct the people, he sends them uh, to be captured by the Babylonians. And the Babylonians take them and they start to spread them out through all of their country and throughout their nation. Uh, basically, they have enslaved. God has allowed them to be enslaved and separated and spread throughout this country. Um, he has them enslaved and he begins to correct them through their issues of disobedience. He begins to work with them, bring their hearts back to a relationship with God. One of their biggest issues was that they started serving other gods, worshiping other gods, being obedient to um, whatever they wanted to do and however they wanted to do it. And so God separates them and brings them to this place where he's starting to get them back into a posture and a position of falling into relationship and falling back into love with God. And as he does this, he takes us to this passage of Scripture, Jeremiah 29, uh, verse 11 through 14, that I kind of want to share with you guys today. It's this Scripture that kind of confirms um, to the people of Israel that God is still around and in their life. And this Scripture has some essence and has some characteristics of what God's confirmation looks like for us. I want to share with you three ways the Lord kind of confirms in this way to give us the information we need to move forward in life. The first thing I want to share with you at point number one is that God says, I want you out of sin. Look at verse 11 right here. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. 
God says a lot of times that he has this plan for us, and his plan is that his plans are for good and not for disaster, they're for future, they're for hope. He says, understanding that a lot of times you and I start doing things we have no business doing, being involved with situations we have no business being involved in, going down path and direction that God has never called us to go down, such as Balaam, going down this road, going down this path, going down this direction, and God has never called us in that path or that direction. And so he says to us, I am calling you out of sin. I am asking you to come out of your situation. There is no future. There is no hope in sin. He says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. He says, there's to give you a future and a hope. There is no future. There is no hope in sin. And oftentimes, God will confirm to us time and time again, get out of that sin that you are in. I'm, I'm rapid. You guys not even, come on. You got a microphone. Come on, guys. He says, listen, I'm calling you out of this sin that you're trying to live in, that you're trying to exist in. I remember many years ago being in a horrible, horrible relationship. I remember waking up with a woman I had no business being with, and we would hold hands and we'd go to church. And I was in this relationship God never called me to be in, and I would sit in church, and I would lift my hands, and I would cry with frustration because I knew that this moment was not the moment I was supposed to be in with this person. And it was God's holy voice calling me through the worship, through the word, through the ministry that this is not where you're supposed to be. I have plans and future for you, and it does not exist with this person, this woman, in this situation. You are more than what you're in right now. God calls us and confirms us out of sin. Whether we like it or not, he is constantly saying, I have what? Plans for you. Romans 6.23 says this. The wages of sin is death. He says that all of our hard work, all of our hard toil, all of our spending our life away, spending our time away, spending our, our purpose away, involved in sin, the wages, the pay of that sin is that it is what? Death. It's your two weeks of hard work or your two years or 20 years of all that sinning comes out to equal death. And God says, my plan is not for you to die spiritually or mentally, or physically, or emotionally trapped in sin. My plan is that you would experience future and experience hope and experience these better things. God confirms to us time and time again, I am calling you out of sin. Man, it's quiet already. That's why I put sin first. Let me move on to the next couple of points. He says, listen, he says, look, I want you to understand that I do not desire for you to be in sin that my plan is for you to do bigger and greater things. And if you're living, hanging around, dwelling around, playing with, sticking with sin, he says that I'm going to call you out of it. I'm going to confirm to you, this is not where you need to be. This is not where I plan for you to be. This is not the hope for your life. This is not the path and the road I have for you. There are bigger and greater things. There's great hope for you down the road, but it's not in this situation of sin. It's tight, man. So tight. Let's move on to point number two. He says, not only do I, do I call you out of sin, he says, I want you to understand that I'm confirming that I value you. Verse 11 again, watch this. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. He says, I need you to also understand that I don't want you being involved in things that are the, the disaster, these things that are going to destroy your life, these things that are going to end your life. He says, but I want to also help you understand that I value you as a person. 
There are moments in life when life just sucks. <laughs> I have more people nod their head on life sucks than God calls you out of sin. Hilarious. Um, <laughs> like finally off my toes. Yes, life sucks. Take it up. Um, <laughs> it says, listen, he calls us out of these moments when, when life sucks and he tries to confirm to you that life is better than where you are at this moment. He says to us time and time again, I value you. About 13 years ago, I had my first real ministry um, opportunity. I was, doing, I, was, I was youth pastoring, and this guy called me, my mentor, he called me, and he says, listen, I want you to come down to this church that I'm at. I want you to be the youth pastor and probably more. And I got down there, and the youth pastor position was kind of like in flux, but he said, listen, my executive pastor is leaving. I want you to be the executive pastor for a season of time, an interim executive pastor. And I said, wow, I'm this young dude. I'm taking over as executive pastor. I'm on my way, baby. Here I go. And I got down there, and it was a mess. I can't use all my colorful words, but it was a mess. It was, it was a show. You figure out the first word. It was a show. It was, it was an absolute mess when I got there. And the problem was the pastor himself didn't want to be there. And so it was running all kinds of craziness and foolishness, and I was there. And I'm like, this is my mentor, and he didn't want to be there. So, you know, he was just like, whatever, I'm just here to get a check. And it was just crazy. It was frustrating, and money wasn't going where it was supposed to, and there was ministry issues and problems, and we hung in there for two years. Then finally I said to him, I said, listen, God has been speaking to me. You and I have had a couple run-ins trying to talk about what's the Lord's plan versus what kind of is your plan. And listen, it's time for my family we got to leave. We appreciate it. We love it. We thank you so much. And I met with him and I told him this and he punished me for 15 minutes. This young guy of like 26, he just beat up on me. He told me how, how horrible of a leader I was, how horrible of a person I was, um, that I don't hear God's voice, that I don't know God. He, he punished me for 15 minutes straight. And he told me I was overweight and have a great day. Like, if I, I couldn't feel any worse, there's been a few days I felt horrible in life. That was one of the most horriblest moments of all of my life. And I remember feeling about two inches tall. I remember going to Safeway and just walking down the aisles. I wasn't even buying anything. I just, I didn't know what to do. I was so frustrated and so confused. I remember just walking down the aisles, just hopeless, and just trying to figure out what happened. How bad of a person am I? God, are you really speaking? Just totally, just, just lost. And at this time, I was working at this private school as a director of security, and I'm 30 minutes away from the school, and this parent comes around the corner. This tall parent comes around the corner that's at the school. And he's like, hey, Mr. Wade, how you doing? I said, what are you doing here? You don't, you don't, you don't live in this area. He said, I don't know, man. I just had to come get some groceries, and I was, I was out, and I figured I'd take a drive, and I, I'm here, and I'm, I'm happy to run into you. It's awesome to see you. And I said, well, that's great. Good to see you, too. And I'm thinking to myself, how do I get out of this conversation? Because I just want to be hopeless. Like, I don't feel like doing conversations. He says, I want to tell you something. What you have done with my son on the basketball team, what you've done with him as a patrol at this school, I am so greatly appreciative of it. You are a great man of God, and you are doing great things, and I'm so proud of you. And I couldn't tell you how much I appreciate you doing all the things that you have done. Thank you so much. And then he went on with his bottle of juice out of Safeway. And it was the most random moment in life. And the most frustrating moment of my life and the most disappointing moment of my life that God sent some guy who just decided to go driving 
and decided to get some juice, who was 30-some minutes from his house and from his son's school, that walked in the door and said, listen, I want to tell you, you are viable, even when I felt like I was the least of all, least of all, least of all things. And God has a way of confirming us in moments that we can't fully get, we can't fully understand, but he steps in at certain times and he says, I value you as a person, I value you as who you're going to be, I value you who you're going to be, I value what you're going to do, I value you. God has a way of confirming in us time and time again, I value you. And your most hopeless moments and your most frustrating times, he has a way of saying, I value you. I couldn't help here, but Denise talked that their children in South Africa, they have deemed you are unwanted. And the God of the universe specializes in saying, no matter how much you feel unwanted, I want you. I value you as a person. I believe in you. I know the plans that I have for you. They are plans for good and not for destruction. No matter how much you think life sucks at this moment, I promise you I have plans for you that are greater than where you are. And he does it time and time again. The radio comes on and it's just a song that lifts you up to a place you couldn't even expect. It's these moments where he says, I value who you are. You are important to me. Don't let this situation determine who you are. Don't let this circumstance determine the end game for your life, for I have plans for you. It's funny because if you really read the scripture through its entirety, he comes out of nowhere. Are you guys with me? He comes out of nowhere and he says, listen, you guys are going to have 70 years of hard times. You guys are going to be spread all across the nations. You guys are in trouble because you have been involved in all of this sin. You guys are going to be this. You guys are going to be that. And in the middle of giving them all this outline of their life, he says, but wait, I have a plan for you. I know what I have purposed for you. Don't get caught up in the nail because I still value you even though you've messed up, even though you're not in a great situation. I still have what? Plans for you. His confirmation is that time and time again, he values us. And then finally, in point number three, he says, I am with you. Verses 12 through 13. In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. He says there's a response to being able to hear from the Lord. There are moments when he speaks so clearly through people and circumstances and TV and radio and somebody comes in and he says, listen, I'm here to confirm that I value you. I'm here to confirm get out of that sin. And then there's opportunities and times when, when we have to go to him to get confirmation. There are times in life where he doesn't just step in and say, boom, you're awesome. You're going to be great. He doesn't just step in and say, bam, stop doing that. There are moments where we have to seek his face. Y'all, is, is this in here? And in those days when you what? Pray. Hello. We talked about this last week, that Balaam had what? A spiritual conversation with the donkey. That God opened his mouth supernaturally and there was a conversation that took place. He says he had this conversation. Prayer is nothing more than us talking. We said that through this prayer, Balaam got confirmation from this angel that if you kept going down this road, you would be what? Dead. I would have killed you about three times now. It was confirmation. 
If you and I are going to experience the Lord, if we're going to hear from him, sometimes we, got, we can't depend on people to come speak to us or God send things to us. Sometimes we have to get into his word. We have to pray and start to hear the Lord what? Confirm to us the path and the direction he has for us to go. Man, I'm preaching hard today. Amen. And so he says, listen, he says, what you have to do in order to hear from me to get confirmations in life is that you will have to pray and I will listen. We talked about this in week one and two. We said, if you want to hear the Lord, then you need to open up your Bible and pray that God would reveal his truth through his word. Mm, it's coming all back around. I'll be teaching. I'll be teaching. Well, don't hear nothing else. They just get that comfortable. Like, I'm teaching sometimes, man. They don't even know what's happening. I'm giving them steps. If we go back two weeks ago, when we pray over God's word, he'll begin to speak to us. He'll begin to confirm to us what path to go, what people to let go of, what things to let loose, what things to hold on to when we pray over his word that his word would speak to us. If we pray to hear from him clearly, he'll open up these doors of heaven. He'll open up these windows of heaven and start to speak to us and show us where we need to be. He'll start to bring people and things around to confirm what direction we should go. He says, I will listen if you look for me, what? Wholeheartedly, with your mind, with your will, with your soul, is wholeheartedly. If you look for me with everything in you, when you look for me intently, passionately, you will find me. So Rosie and I had a discussion yesterday. We did. The discussion was, Going to this gathering gobble thing. It was a great time, awesome time. Thank you, ladies, for hosting it and everyone that opened up their doors. Um, we're going to gather and gobble. I just dropped the boys off at the football game. I was chilling. I just wanted to go to gather and gobble, head on out the door. I switched my flip-flops and put on my, uh, my new balance with my sweatpants, and that just wasn't acceptable for my wife. There's no way I should be going anywhere with sweatpants on, <laughs> besides the gym, apparently and a quick run to the grocery store. And I'm gonna go meet with people and hey, rub some elbows and how are you guys doing? You take them sweatpants off. I said, no, I'm take them out comfortable sweatpants off, good. No, you're not good. You're gonna go up those steps and take those sweatpants, not by like a little kid. So I walked up those steps mad and I threw my sweatpants down on the bed, mad. And I, on your side of the bed, I was mad. On her side, I sure enough did. I put them right on her side of the bed because I was going to let her know I'm protesting. Put my jeans on and strapped my belt on and all these extra pockets and all this stuff. And the bottom line comes down to when you are in a position where you just want to be right, you don't care how it, how, it, how it chases you. You don't care how, how it affects your attitude because at the end of the day, she wanted me to be right. And so because she wanted me to look right and have the right appearance, as much as I didn't feel like conforming to what's right, I've gotten to a position of I'm going to be right because it needs to be an appearance I have to make. I need to look more presentable. Y'all with me? And I went to that function in my jeans, got my tight pants on, I did my thing, and it was awesome. And it was great. It was fun. 
And everybody joked me and everybody had fun on Facebook and everybody laughed. But guess what? It was the right call. Because sometimes being the way you feel doesn't always mean that's what you have to do in life. And God says, when you're willing to seek me wholeheartedly, it doesn't matter how you feel or how you think. What matters is what God wants. Because you have to be a certain way before the Lord. Are y'all connecting where you see where I'm going with this thing? And sometimes chasing after the Lord is more important than what I feel. He says, when you seek me wholeheartedly with your heart, your mind, your will, your passions, and your soul, your desire, I will be with you. I will hear with you. I will be in the vicinity with you. I will confirm and speak to you time and time and time and time again. That's where confirmation comes from. That's how God begins to speak to us. That's how God reveals himself. That's how God shows himself. Because I'm willing to put everything of me to the side to know his voice and to follow his path and follow his direction. And he confirms again and again and again. I don't know where this paycheck is coming from, but I'm going to be faithful to him. God said give $20 to church. I ain't got $20. I'm talking about money. Y'all just hang in there. God says, go ahead and text somebody. If I have to talk to one more person today, I will throw myself through a window. And God says, go ahead and text them. I don't want to text anybody. I don't want to be, I don't want to. And the most life-changing, altering conversations take place because I jumped out there. God says, when you can put all of that stuff aside to be obedient to me, I promise you I will speak to you, I will show you the path and the direction, and I will open doors you never planned and you never expected. And God shows himself time and time again to confirm us in multiple ways of where to go, what to let go of, and where to grow. I was rhyming again. (laughs) I got a microphone. Come on, guys, give me something. He says he confirms to us time and time again what to let go of, what sin to get out of, what situations to get out of. He confirms to us time and time again, I value you even when you don't feel valuable. He says, I confirm to you time and time again that I am with you, even in the tough times, even in the tough situations, even when you don't want to do it. I am with you, and when I'm with you, you'll be all right. You'll be blessed, you'll be provided for, you'll be taken care of, you'll be given insight and direction and wisdom, and I promise you that I will take you through paths you don't want to go to because I am with you. And he says, let me confirm to you, let me speak to you that I'm the God of the universe, the God that has your back, and the God has great plans for you. If you want anything else from this message, here's your takeaway. God is consistently confirming his plans in our life. God is consistently confirming his plans in our life. But the only way you can fully catch his voice is you have to seek him wholeheartedly with your mind, your will, your passion, and your soul. You have to be open for those moments when the weirdos come up and say something to you. You have to be open in those moments when you're walking down life's aisles and you are frustrated and you hate every aspect of this day and this moment. Can you still open your mouth to someone that speaks? Because you never know where God is going to use and how he's going to use that situation to change your life. Are you open enough to say, despite my feelings, despite my wants, this is not pleasing to God. 
I hear you calling me and confirming this is not a thing I need to be in. This is sin or about to be sin. Can you be faithful enough to say, regardless of anything I want to do, can I pull back and just let you show me how I'm going to get this plan done? Because my way is not right unless it's tied and linked in and on point with your way. Let's pray. God, thank you for your truth. Thank you for your holy voice that speaks to us in the weirdest of moments. Thank you for the love that you give us. Father, would you continue to confirm to us, continue to speak to us, continue to lead us and guide us down your path. Let our hearts be linked to you. And Father, begin to allow us to seek you in everything that we do. We would hear clearly from you. In Jesus' name, amen.